It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today on the show, I thought we would have a little fun. And there has been a lot of discussion about all in. And I have wondered, what does all in look like? And so I started to get thinking about the receiver position. Because isn't that seemingly what those who are crying for the all-in move looking for? This is an extremely deep receiver draft. What if Green Bay really likes some of these guys and wants to move up for them? Where would they have to get to? What would that look like? So, let's start with the players, okay? So there are a couple guys that Green Bay, I think, could really like who are not going to go way out of their range. Jamar Chase, gone. Uh, Devontae Smith, gone. Jalen Waddell, gone. Now, we don't know who, the much like with cornerbacks, who wide receiver four is going to be. We don't, we have, there's this cluster of guys. And there are varying degrees of um appeal for each of them they are they are specific types guys like Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, Diami Brown, Terrace Marshall they are each very talented they've all run extremely fast in the pre-draft process um Bateman and Tony are excellent after the catch Marshall is the true deep threat Diami also a deep threat who can work underneath and can be a run after catch kind of guy they, they all would play a specific role for the Packers offense. And so, okay, where would you have to get to to draft them? And so as you look at the, the board, the order of these teams, you're, you're going to be probably gone with those top three guys after Philly. Philly is probably going to take the third of those three. After that, you're looking at 15. New England could be looking at a receiver. Uh, if 
The Dolphins don't get Jamar Chase at 18. They could be looking at a receiver. Washington, um, I would have said before, free agency was looking for a receiver. Chicago, probably looking for a receiver. You're not going to trade up with Chicago. This is where it starts to get interesting. At 21, the Colts, probably not looking for a receiver. They re-signed T.Y. Hilton. They used a high draft pick on Michael Pittman. And uh, with Carson Wentz, certainly you want to supplement him with talent. But they also don't have a third-round pick this year. They've given up future assets. Would they be willing, Chris Ballard loves value here, would they be willing to come down? And Green Bay has made almost this identical trade before. To go up and get Darnell Savage, they went from 30 to 21. And they gave up a pair of fourth-round picks to do it. Would Indianapolis go from 21 to 30? I think they would consider it. Tennessee at 22. You know, they're looking for some pass rush help, some corner help. What if they don't love the corners there? What if the corners that are left are primary zone corners and, and they want more man corners or something like that? And Green Bay is saying, hey, here's a couple day three picks or a, a pick swap could be interesting. They have some picks worth pick swapping. I, I put together a mock that we're going to go over a little bit later of, of how I think this could all work. But that is certainly a place where you could move up. The Jets, Joe Douglas... I think could be amenable to a trade down. They have, you know, the number two pick. So they have two first round picks. Would they want to trade down, acquire some more assets and keep building what is uh, a team very much bereft of talent? The Jaguars, same thing. They've got two first round picks. Would they be willing to move down and almost, you know, you get to Green Bay at 29 and then they have 33. They could almost, you know, basically have back to back picks. I think there are some teams in that range who could be looking to move down. And all of the guys that I mentioned, Tony, Bateman, Marshall, Diami Brown, they could all be in the mix to go there. Ben Fennell, who, by the way, works for NFL Network, does a ton of their draft coverage, talks to people, he is in these meetings with you know former uh, GMs and personnel people, guys like Daniel Jeremiah, and, and they have so many former Charlie Castle. All these guys are plugged in on what's going on in the league. And he threw out there on Twitter the other day, Brown could be receiver four in this draft. If the Bears take him at 20, now you've got tailor-made slot options like Rashad Bateman and Kadarius Toney that you could go up and get. Or you have legit high-end speed options like Terrace Marshall. And, and it's not like that's all he is, but the guy is absolutely a burner in the way MBS is, but has more upside and, and I think could, could do a little bit more on the football field for you. So let's say you move up for one of those guys and you don't have to give up you know, crazy draft capital. You shouldn't have to, to go up that far. Um, and, and so, you know, like I said, they, they went from 30 to 21 with a pair of fourths. Um, they gave up one fourth to go from uh, 30 to 26 to get Jordan Love. And, and maybe, you know, if, if the Browns, you want to jump the Ravens and the Saints, those have been popular places. The Ravens and the Saints, there are a lot of like Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall right in there. You know, let's say Kadarius Toney goes at 20 to the Bears. 
There, you might not have the next three guys go before the, the Ravens, but you probably want to jump the Ravens and the Saints given their needs um, and, and, and their current position. You could just sneak right ahead of them. Just, oh, let me just sneak right by you, right? And the Browns, run by an analytically inclined front office, could certainly be interested in making a deal like that. Now you've gone up and you've aggressively added a top skill guy who you think can come in right away and help your football team. Remember, I, the reason I am generally opposed to these kinds of things is most rookies are bad. But if you see the value, if you think Rashad Bateman or uh, Kadarius Toney, if they're top 15, top 20 kind of talents for you, you think they can come in right away and help your football team, then you make a move like this. Okay. Now you've gone up and you've gotten your skill player, right? So now you're sitting there at 62 and you have a couple guys, just like last year. Remember, they said they had a couple receivers that we know they, they felt like that was where they wanted to go in the draft and they wanted to do it early. They weren't going to wait. They said all the right things. And then, of course, they took Jordan Love instead. They could be in a similar position where they've got this group of guys and I talked about this yesterday. There is this great cluster of guys that I think could go in that 45 to 65 range. Asante Samuel, Ifatu Melifanwu, Kelvin Joseph, Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell. There are a bunch of really good players who could be going in that range at need positions for you. So how how high would you have to go to get them? Who could be looking to trade down? So what about the Patriots? If you see a first round talent, you know, how do you walk out of this draft? I think that should be how you look at it. How do you walk out of this draft with two first round picks? Because. If you want to, if you if you are just absolutely bang on sold on these guys, and by the way, I think teams are get really uh, in in big trouble when they trust their own scouting a little too much, because chances are you're going to miss, or you've got a 50-50 chance of hitting. Now, the the further you go up, the more likely you are to get a good player, and so if you've got first round grades on guys, you know, moving up, giving up some draft capital to go up and get it. I think that works. I think that works. If you've got a first round grade on someone and they're falling into the 40s, into the 50s, you can do a deal. So could you move up with New England on some kind of, you know, you you give up 46, you give up, obviously you give up 62, you give up, um, you know, one of your fifth round picks and something else. Maybe it's uh, your your third round pick or maybe you've, you've acquired additional picks in your first trade. That would be ideal. You know, a little pick swap action. And now you go up and you get your corner. And now you've got two guys that you think are real, real time players. First round picks. You can go and say, we came out of this draft aggressively attacking the needs didn't have money in free agency to do much. So we brought back the team and thought, okay, we trust our scouting. We trust our, our personnel evaluators. Brian Gutekunst has been really good drafting, especially early. So trust him. He got Darnell Savage. He got Jair Alexander. Rashawn Gary is turning into a heck of a player. Elton Jenkins. 
They've done really good with these early picks in a lot of ways uh, in, in contradistinction to what the Packers were doing with Ted Thompson. You know, they, they were best second, third, fourth, you know, maybe not third, but fourth round, especially offensive lineman in the fourth. And, and, and now do you have enough ammunition to handle the rest of your draft? What can you get on day three? Can you still get a running back like JV and Hawkins? Can you still get a defensive lineman? Could you still get a developmental tackle or a couple of them? I think you can, given the shape of this draft. And so this is, and it's not necessarily um, a tact I'm espousing, but I'm just trying to say, if they were going to do this, if they if they wanted to push their chips in and say, look, not only do these guys help in the near term, but they are going to help. Whenever Jordan Love becomes the quarterback, you get another young quarterback in there. Rashad Bateman has been compared. I've compared him to Devontae Adams. I think those comparisons are apt. And and maybe you can get one of these corners, you know, Melifonwu Falls, or you like Kelvin Joseph, who's got great tape, but some some character concerns. Or, you know, you, you have Greg Newsom Falls, or you love Eric Stokes or Tyson Campbell. There are a lot of options. So can you can you find one of those guys that you are just really, really fond of that you think could be a first round pick? And if you can, how aggressive do you want to be in making those deals? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be an absolute hassle, especially right now. You don't want to go in. You don't want to deal with people. You might want to see people. But you don't want to deal with someone behind the register going on their computer and giving you only the parts that they happen to stock, charging you whatever price they feel like it. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. RockAuto.com has a diverse collection and catalog that's remarkably easy to navigate. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is this amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar that actually tastes delicious. The taste will shock you, but they're all covered in 100% chocolate and yet they're good for you. Unbelievable. Every flavor that they come out with is seemingly better than the last. And right now you can let your voice be heard on which one you're favorite might be. So go to builtbar.com or built underscore bar on Twitter and let us know. We've got a bracket going matchups every day to find the best tasting protein bar on the market, which is of course going to be a built bar, but which flavor? And that is the only hard part right now. When you use the promo code locked 15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's Locked15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com on the best tasting protein bar that has ever been created. Why would you not do that? And of course, check back to see who is crowned the best tasting Built Bar. Okay, so let's, you know, you're, maybe you're, you're a, a visual person. 
or you know you're not gonna be able to see me but you can visualize the idea so i i went to pff and they've got an easy to use uh draft simulator that allows you to make trades you got to have the premium at the draft network and uh page won't give it to me for free i got to talk to her about that so i wanted to move up with the colts um and to be honest i just didn't hit the button fast enough <laughs> but was able to move up with the titans and it actually worked out for the best because the titans have the hundredth pick they have a compensatory selection at 100 and so what i was able to do is offer 29 92 and 135 so our the, the first round pick for the packers the third round pick for the Packers and one of their fourth round picks to get 22 and 100. So it's basically a pick swap to go from 92 to 100. Then you're moving up from 29 to 22 and you're giving up 135. To me, I got to see on this draft, this trade. I love it. I think it's a great trade for Green Bay and it's it's one I would make again. And I went up and got Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, the only question that you might have had about him was pure speed. And I joked all through college football season, imagine caring about Rashad Bateman's 40 time. And then apparently in training and at the uh, the pro day that he did, it was one of those, you know, group fake combine kind of things. He reportedly ran in the four threes. And even if you don't believe that, even if you think, he, you know, maybe it was four, four, four. If he's a 4-4 guy, he's a first-round pick all day. He's tough. He's a terrific route runner, and he is great after the catch. He is the perfect guy to have in the slot to create underneath. Um, ben Fennell talked about this the other day. Green Bay, their offense last year with, with Matt LaFleur, they led the league in wide-open receivers. Matt LaFleur schemed open a ton of guys. And if you let someone like Rashad Bateman, that is the case to me for getting a rookie receiver. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. Matt LaFleur's offense makes it easy for receivers. You are not going to have to work to get open in this offense. He is going to help you get open. And so if you can get someone that can do something with the ball after they catch it, then you have a, a versatile, useful player in your offense. Okay, Bateman. Now, move up. How far do you have to move up? I I probably because I know where where PFF feels about this player. I probably did not have to move up this far, but I'm thinking if there is a guy that that Green Bay values as a first who starts to fall, and frankly I have a feeling that it's going to be Greg Newsom. But if someone does start to fall, remember you've traded up, you got your receiver. Now you got to trade up again to get that corner, to make sure you get that corner. Now, I happen to have a first-round grade on Melifanu, and not because he was on the show yesterday. Go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it. Because I think he is a legit top 25 type talent. And I've given you all the reasons that I think that. If you disagree by now, that's fine. It's I'm actually surprised how many people are like, I'm in. I love this guy. I think he's a great fit, and you're getting two first-round talents. You're giving you're getting two first round talents. So you go up to 46 with the Patriots and you give them 62, 100, which you had just gotten from the Titans in, in the pick swap and 178. To me, 
that's not a ton to give up. You're, you're essentially saying in order to get two first round picks, I'm willing to give up my third round pick. You do that. You do that. And you had to give up a fourth and a fifth. That's fine. They've got these compensatory selections in those spots, which is why it's so great to have those compensatory picks. So now you've got Bateman and Melifonwu. Now what? Now what? And I just thought, let's let's play out all of this because, you know, um, I, I, I think it's helpful, especially when you're trading day three picks to see what you're left with. After all of those trades, Green Bay still has five draft picks left. Five. So I got Jamar Johnson, the safety from Indiana, who I think is frankly going to go much higher than 142. Brady Christensen at 173 from BYU, who, by the way, I think is going to go much higher than 173. Bobby Brown, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M, who, by the way, I think is going to go much higher than 214. JV Hawkins from Louisville and Brandon James from Nebraska, the tackle from Nebraska, who the Packers met with. They also met with Hawkins. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, you know, play it out there. So it's just, I think it's a good idea to remember that they could make these picks. They could trade up and still maintain flexibility on day three, specifically because they have so many picks. They don't have the roster spots. Now that they basically brought their whole roster back minus Corey Lindsley, they don't have the available roster spots to make all these picks and have everyone stick on the roster. So why not use some of that draft capital, move around, move up, and target guys that you feel really strongly about? Now, again, I am not generally in favor of moving up. I think just by a matter of statistics, you have a a poor historical probability of being right about the cost-benefit analysis that you're doing. You're probably just not gonna. You you you'd rather have more bites at the apple, and then you're more likely to hit because you've got more picks. Statistically, historically, that's been the case, and that's why Ted Thompson was always trading down. Now the trade ups have by and large worked for the Packers. You go up and you get Savage, great pick. You go up and you get Jair Alexander, home run. You know TBD on Jordan Love, obviously, and. You know, Oren Burks not look like that. It doesn't look like that's working out for the Packers either. But if you do hit, and if you do it enough, you're going to hit. And if you hit big, okay, that's great. And and maybe maybe you treat it like gambling, and you say, look, if I if I keep betting ten dollars on these long shots, I might miss ten times. But on the one I hit, I'm going to more than make up for my misses. Maybe that's the way to view it. And if it were me, I'm trying to acquire as many top top 100 players as I can, top 50 players as I can, because that's where the higher probabilities are. Historically speaking, it is the case that the earlier in the draft, the, the, the better the NFL tends to be on these guys. Now, I do think the, the sweet spot at receiver is on day two in the second round. That is, again, a historical trend. But if you love a guy, go up and get him. And a same at corner, you love a guy, go up and get him. And I, I again, I, I think the move is to go the other way and say, okay, let's just, let me, let me take the picks. Let me get as many top hundred picks as I can possibly get and try to work it that way. Is that something that teams are going to be interested in? Maybe.
Maybe. Especially teams that don't have a lot of draft capital. They tend to get antsy. I'm just, I was, my, my theory here is let me see how I can put together a draft that will appease those who want the all-in moves. You get your blue chip receiver, you get your blue chip corner, and you get some nice depth pieces on day three. I think this solves a lot of problems for the Packers, even if it's not necessarily the way that I would do it. But this draft, I love this draft for Green Bay. And in part because I, I just I don't think the day three picks are that realistic. I think a lot of those guys are going to go, you know, much sooner than I was able to get them here. But you never know. That's the thing. You just never know. And I, we have to remember that part of it. You know, no one thought Josh Jackson was going to be there on the second round. And just because he hasn't become a good player, seems like the NFL might have been right about what he was. You just you just don't know. You just don't know. I thought Chauncey Gardner Johnson was a first round talent. He goes to day three, and guess what? He he turns out to be one of the best, most versatile nickel players in football. Sometimes that happens. And the NFL is, is we, you know, we know it's, it's a long history of being wrong, right? So just because the NFL thinks a thing or just because we think a thing doesn't mean the NFL is going to agree. And history has said that over and over and over. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet online if you want to gamble we were just talking about gambling if you want to gamble bet online is the place to do it with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine including obviously sports basketball nhl baseball is here we're talking award shows reality tv tv shows all kinds of stuff on bet online it is a blast to be on there and to be checking what comes up and if there's something on there that that you like send them a tweet. I bet they'll they'll make a prop for you. Don't hold me to that, but they've done it for me in the past. I'm just saying. So check it out and it's free to do. It's free to do. Sign up, give it a shot. And because you're a locked on listener, they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50% on that first deposit when you use the promo code locked on just for being a listener. You put money in, they will match it up to 50% with the promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. A lot of fun stuff planned for that. And like I said, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about um receiver and what that could mean for the draft. I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the value spots there because I think it'll make good tandem content to this. And so we'll do that. And and I want to talk more about the trade downs. You know, we, this was the the move up, move up, move up, move up. But what about moving down? What about acquiring more picks? Could the Packers do that and find themselves, you know, with this glut of talent? I, I like I like where the where this draft is shaping up and, and how it is shaping up for them. And by the way, we have a locked on mock draft. Um, coming and it is a lot of fun. I was not super happy with the available players to me in that spot, um, but I, I picked a guy who I think is awesome. And if the Packers make this selection in the first round, I think Packer fans are going to be very pleased. It's just not the positional um, group that I wanted to address. I don't. I guess I don't need to, to feel like I'm spoiling it. Obviously, I wanted to take a corner. I wanted the the value to be there. Um, and if it were just me and it was just you and I talking, I would have taken Malafonwu. Um, but 
they were grading it. And also there's a little game theory in it where I just didn't think um, part of the the deal is I could have gotten him in the second round if I wanted. Probably I could have waited. Also, uh, I really like the guy that I took. I have him graded ahead of Malafonwu. And so I, I don't I didn't have a problem taking the player that I ultimately went with in that spot. Follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.